Celebrating female role models across our community live from Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live. Welcome everyone. Live from Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live. My name is Amelia and my co-hosts today are Joaquina, Mary and a book. Our special guest today is Anna Newegan. Hi Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> so we were wondering, what has influenced you to pursue a career in architecture? Um, I guess it's one of those things um, when you walk around and you have a look at your environment, you're always in spaces, you're always in a room, you're in, you know, or you walk past yeah. a building and, yeah. you know, it might have some sort of opening and it will introduce or invite you in there. So for me, you know, I was always curious about things, how things come together. So, for example, sitting in this room right now, you've got a bit of stone, you've got a bit of plasterboard, you've got a bit of, you know, timber flooring, carpet. And to me it's kind of like, oh, cool, I want to know more about that and what's the mindset or what's the thoughts on how all this stuff goes together. Um, So the more I kind of dug into that, the more I was influenced and I wanted to, you know, learn a bit more and that kind of led me here. I guess, in architecture. What inspires the architectural designs in the houses you work on? That's a very hard question. There's <laughs> never a set answer. Um, I mean, I chose architecture because I love the personal aspect of it. Um, I do a mm. lot of residential homes. I've done a couple of schools and things like that. However, I love um, residential homes or people's houses. So for me, meeting a client or meeting the homeowner or say you, for example, um, that inspires me to design my own architecture design that suits you, you know, like there's yeah. no point me going, oh, this is beautiful, but it's not for you or you don't have a use for it or you don't connect to it. Yeah. So for me, it's that kind of personal aspect that inspires me um, and drives the architectural design that I come up with. Um, were there any like personal favourite projects that you've done, if you could name any? Oh, there's so many. Um, that, As I said, they're all quite personal. They're all quite intricate. There's details in every single one of them that are unique. Um, you got to think of architecture as a prototype. Yeah. We don't just punch out the same building all the time. So in, if you think about that, there's always something special about every project. Um, for me... I love a project called Dark Horse. Um, it won one of the big architectural awards back in a couple of years ago, I think 2017 or something like that. Um, however, that was special to me because all the materials in there um, that were chosen, the design of the bathrooms, the skylights, no matter where you went, there's always like a ray of natural light that comes into the spaces and it makes you kind of feel like you're inside but you're in you know you're outside but you're inside so those kind of connections um that's one of the projects that I really love um and I guess it's that turning point in my career where I kind of saw architecture in a different sense yep um growing up did you always want to be um an architect no (laughs) is the answer um definitely loved art loved design loved sketching loved drawing loved doing all that stuff but I always questioned where that would take me. Um, I did lots of life drawing here. I did a lot of, you know, all the things that Academy would allow me to do to explore design. However, it wasn't until visual communications design that I realised actually I can see things in a three dimension. I can see things in a quite different way. And I, I, you know, your mind kind of is able to pick up that. So for me, I went into graphics designing. I ventured through all the avenues that I could do. And it wasn't until I landed in an office um, in an architectural company that I was like, okay, this is it. 
Um, I love being in this building. I love what we're producing and I can see the beginning and the end of the process. Yeah. Growing up, did you ever feel discouraged from pursuing your dreams due to your gender? 100%. <laughs> so um, leading back to what I was saying, I did a lot of work experience um, through the um, programs and it was hard because majority of times I was sitting in a room full of older men yeah, and they would yeah. look at me saying, you love to draw, but, you know, do you know how nuts and bolts go together or whatever it is? And they kind of question you a bit and it made it really hard yeah. to try that, find that avenue. You know, you kind of get put into a set position and you can't really move beyond that. So definitely, um, however, push through it and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the female role models that inspired you in your life journey? So... A lot of these inspirational talks um, gave me a bit of a sense of where I can go. Um, I remember one particularly, there was a curator from the National Gallery of Victoria that came and did a speech and she just blew my mind. Just the way that she held herself, how um, passionate she was, how driven she was. It kind of gave me that feel like being in the arts industry is not just drawing and having fun and colours and whatnot you can actually make a big difference in the way where people perceive or understand or feel. It's like the sensory side of it that pulls out everything as well. So she kind of paved some some sense the way that I was like, oh, okay, I can actually take it further in art. It's not just drawing. Um, and, yeah, there's amazing architectural women out there like Claire Cousins, Mel Bright, Kennedy Nolan, like just women running their own firms and creating beautiful things that, that are getting acknowledged and then that kind of drives through the construction industry where the builders and everyone else understands that, you know, these are beautiful and they can be made as well by women. Yeah. What are the philosophies and values that inspire the work done at Manny Architecture? So Manny Architecture, um, quick recap on Manny. Manny means hands in Italian. Mm -hmm. um, so Manny is run by one of my best friends who I met during uni. So we were just two girls studying architecture, kind of kept to ourselves, whatever, did as much as we can. And then um, Manny then grew and so Sarah um, joined forces with Renee who worked with her at that point. I was working at a different company and so now we've all kind of combined and it's three women running an architectural practice. Um, so what inspires Manny is I guess that fine detail, um, hands-on approach to every project and how we can create something with our own hands through drawing, through whatever it might be to, yeah, bring out a beautiful product. Um, with Manny Architecture, how did the foundations of the company start? Like was it challenging or like different than you expected? Uh, um, so I'm lucky enough to not have to do all the starting point stuff, um, <laughs> but I heard and I went through it with Sarah, who was a really good, who is a really good friend of mine. Um, it is challenging and she's always started it with women and obviously, as mentioned, women in the construction industry gets a bit of um, a hard push there. So she's actually brought herself around. We've now got a reputation of building designs that are, you know, unique and challenging and I think we get respected for that and we respect our builders, we work with them, we don't just, you know, try and control everything. So it's about teamwork and it's about acknowledgement of skills and making things come together. How does your work with Manny Architecture add value to the Melbourne community? Um, I guess we add value to the community in a finer grain, I guess. Working in residential, it's like we could design something um, and you can – like many one house, for example, you can walk down the street and you look at 
this house and you're like, oh, this is a bit different. Look at that. That's cool. It's got a, you know, a B as a mailbox. Like it's all a bit quirky. It's yeah. all a bit weird. <laughs> but it's that drawing of attention and adding a bit of um I guess, interest as you walk. It, it's, it's inviting, you know, architecture should be inviting. It's not about just fencing it off and no one ever gets to see it. Um, and it goes all the way to like commercial and educational projects where, for example, you sitting in this room, someone's designed this for you um, so that it adds to, you know, your education and um, the spaces that you use. And that's exactly the same for us. We just try and interject whether it be like, a little shop fit out all the way to a house, um, all the way to something a bit bigger. Would you say that being like a woman in your field of work, would you say that has affected your opportunities for work? Definitely. Um, I guess sometimes I think about it and if it wasn't for architecture, I'd probably want to pick up a tool and do something um, <laughs> and build something <laughs> myself. But, you know, that kind of um, in some way has stopped me sometimes because you know, you can't do that, that's too heavy, da 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 um, But, I mean, push through and that's that's all fine and, yeah, there's no issues really. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live, live from the Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Amelia and my co-hosts today are Joaquina, Mary and a book. Our special guest today is Anna Newigan. So, how would you describe your style of work? Um... I'd like to think of uh, our designs as clever, um, multi-use, um, and just just very flexible. Um, nothing's kind of set in stone. Nothing's just inside. Nothing's just outside. It's kind of inside outside. Um, a table is not just a table. A table, you know, can be folded up and can become all sorts of other types of materials and furnitures. And that's kind of the flexibility and the clever design that we want to maximize. Um, space and as much as we design. Today everyone is focused on sustainability. How is this incorporated in your design? So for us choosing, um, so designing the overall project is one thing but selecting the materials and the procedures and processes uh, in order to procure or to bring this building to life is very important and it all it all comes down to the tapwares that you use it all comes down to the materials that we choose making sure that they're recyclable they're sustainable um they've got you know good ratings all that kind of stuff just to add to the environment um and it goes all the way down to like understanding how buildings work from the glazing to the thermal um, mass and yeah, everything that comes together. We just try and think about every little aspect. Um, when designing a house, are there any like materials or processes that like you dread or really enjoy compared to others? <laughs> um, so collecting photos of um, <laughs> collecting pictures of materials is amazing and, you know, you can show that as a material board and the clients go, yep, that's cool, you know, I really love that material. Getting the samples are really cool too. So mm -hmm. you kind of put them all together and you have a touch and a feel and you, you start to see physically how it's coming together. I love, but a lot of people may dread, well, <laughs> they do dread in architecture is writing a specifications. Um, and that's when you have to narrow down exactly what it is. You've got to write down every single detail because you want the builder to build exactly what you found. Yep. Um, and it can't be different. It can't be like, oh, I, I caught up you know, a stone with that kind of texture on it and it's slightly rough and then he goes and picks a stone that's totally smooth mm -hmm. and that might mean that someone might fall over if it's been on the floor because it's got no resistance to it. So things like that are really important and sizes, um, thicknesses because not just choosing materials and things, we've got to make sure that 
the walls are built and they're going to fit to exactly what the structural elements were um, to hold, you know, the weight, et cetera. So there's a lot of aspects to it, but that's my, you know, love <laughs> for architecture and that's why I do it. A lot of people hate it. So, yeah. Out of all your all of the designs that you have produced, what has been your favourite or most um, So, yes, the residential project I mentioned. However, there is a school project that's under construction at the moment and um, that kind of is exciting to me because it's one of the special, um, special needs schools. Um, so understanding accessibility, understanding how you can design for everyone and not exclude anyone um, in terms of spaces they can use. Um, so that's one of my special ones that I'm keeping a close eye on. Um, all the brickwork's curved. Um, there's this beautiful entryway that wraps around and it's, yeah, it's a beautiful project and I can't wait to see how um, all the students kind of feel about the spaces. Um, are there any aspects of architecture that you like didn't expect, like the safety side that you were talking about before? Is that like a challenge? Yeah, it is a real challenge. You know, you study, you, you you see beautiful pictures, you see all this stuff, you see, oh, my God, that building's amazing. But you got to think about it, like depending on where it was designed, where it was made, everywhere's different around the world. You see a beautiful building and it hasn't got a handrail down the staircase and you're like, oh, I really want to have that in one of my designs. But no, you can't because that's a risk and someone's going to fall over and then you're going to be in trouble about that. So there are a lot of set rules in architecture. Um, it, there's there's a lot of rules in architecture and you just got to, you know, if you want to design something, you got to really understand how and why I guess that affects the people using it as well as, um, yeah, just all the safety stuff, as you said. <laughs> but if you understand it, you talk to your suppliers, you talk to the people who generate and create the materials, you talk to your other consultants that you work with on a daily, like I talk to the engineer all the time, I talk to the building surveyor all the time, just making sure that you're meeting all the requirements and it's safe, what you're designing as a prototype, as I mentioned. Um, and it all comes together and it's very, um, yeah, it's very rewarding. Did COVID have an impact on your work? Yes, Um we're still feeling it a lot right now, yeah. which I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners, everyone, some people here might even understand. Um, price increases <laughs> for materials, um, even budgets. Like I've designed a couple of projects at the moment where we're getting it priced. Um, we've done a feasibility. We've, you know, we understand how much it should roughly cost. Everyone's happy. We've designed it. But now when the builders are pricing it, the price isn't reflecting exactly that. And there's a there's a percentage of an increase that just makes everyone uncomfortable. So there are things that COVID has affected um, all the way down to a building that's on site, all those lockdowns happen. Yeah. So that kind of slows things down a little bit um, and waiting for tiles to come from overseas to install, to finish a project. Like there's, there's a lot of things that have affected, um, but we're getting all through it. Um, I think everyone's a bit more understanding and a bit more reasonable about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say that being a female-led business has, like, affected the different jobs that you get from people? Yeah, surprisingly, um, I came from another firm. I worked there for seven years. Um, a lot of the clientele was um, couples, but our main point of contact was always the husband or the male, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And now that we're in a female led company all females not that we particularly choose to be all females it just happens to be all females um we find our clients that come to us are women in amazing roles like and they take control of the project or you know they have a real 
passion to get things moving. And I think because they're comfortable discussing particular things with us that it's a little bit different. Um, but, yes, mainly women that we talk to. Obviously the husband's there and he has an input and that's all perfectly fine, but we find that it's quite interesting how the dynamics are a bit yeah, different. Was there like a specific reason you decided to join like an all-female um, architecture firm? Not really. That was never an intention of mine. Yeah. Um, I'm just lucky that Saz and I were are really good friends and Renee yeah. as well. So it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like going to school every day or, you know, joining all your friends and doing things you love and, you know, it's kind of exciting in that sense. Um, but no, I wouldn't say um, that I wouldn't work with a firm with males in there because I came from a full male um, firm. So, yeah, it's just by coincidence. Was there any challenges of being in architecture? Any challenges of being in an architecture? Yeah. Um, yes. I guess um, being a male-driven industry, that's very hard. Um, I've had a, you know, a couple of projects where the main builder is just not understanding or just doesn't want to hear it um, and wants to talk to my boss instead perhaps. That's a man, which is quite interesting. Um, but besides that, I think that's changed a lot now um, and it's becoming much better. I love going on site and it's not just – I always see at least another couple of women on site um, building, which is always exciting. Um, it's slowly getting there, so it's nice to see. Um, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you want to tell her? Um, to keep pushing, keep driving. Um, <laughs> there are days where um, architecture is a bit hard. Um, I won't lie about that. There are days where, you know, there's things that are a bit challenging. However, I think all in all, you know, if you want to, keep pursuing, run your own business, whatever it is, like you just got to keep doing it and it's okay. Um, do you have any other passions other than architecture? <laughs> I love cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while I'm at work, I'm drawing, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm always on the phone. As soon as I get home, um, I'm just in the kitchen um, <laughs> chopping and doing my own thing and a lot of people know me, um, would say that's my um, my peaceful sanctuary that everyone leaves me alone to. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the balance of, you know, thinking very hard and then I guess it's still a creative thing when you're cooking. Yeah, you're kind of just yeah. putting this and that and having fun with that too. So, yeah. Um, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Annie Newigan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Live from Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live. My name is Amelia and my co-hosts today were Joaquina, Mary and a book. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found the information useful. Until next time, have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live. <laughs>